Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to read a review of the week, and this one is on iTunes, and it is from John Gabriel Aarons, and I really appreciate this one so much because it's one of the first that we've got from a male, and although this podcast is specifically geared towards women, it's awesome to know that men are tuning in and they're finding good insight with this. His review says, the content Courtney brings in this podcast is so valuable, even if you're not a lady. She knows her stuff. You'll be sure to be inspired and walk away with tools in your hand to reach goals on your own journey. John, thank you so much for leaving that review and for tuning in. Even though, like I said, it's geared towards women, I think that there's so much value that can be taken away from each and every episode. Thanks to all who are getting on and taking the time to leave a review. I know it can be a pause in your day, but again, I greatly appreciate it. And it really does help me to expand and to reach new people who need to hear these encouraging words. Today's episode is sponsored by Nutrition Realigned, a holistic health approach that takes you to the top. If you're feeling overstressed, constantly fatigued, and not like your best self, it's time to reevaluate your nutrition and learn how to fuel yourself properly. Head over to Nutrition Realigned and make a plan to reach your health and fitness goals in 2019. Click on the Contact Us form for more information or use code HERINSPIRED for 20% off at checkout. This was such a fun podcast. I have to say that I haven't really spent very much time at all visiting with Kara Harper, but in this episode, we got to sit down and I I honestly could have just spent the rest of the day talking to her. Everything from her passion with fitness and for training for hunts, her experiences growing up and, you know, being raised by a dad very similar to mine that wanted to give her those experiences and put her in the right scenarios to have really incredible memories from such a young age. So we have a ton in common. We talk about prepping for the hunt, you know, how to take baby steps and not going all in and, you know, really risking putting yourself in line for having an injury or hitting burnout really early on as you start a new fitness program. We also talk about the topic of, which something that drives me crazy when you hear people say, oh, that person's legitimate or, uh, you know, she's a legitimate hunter. Those things drive me crazy and we really kind of start to debunk that whole uh, topic and this, this stereotype of, you know, new women and new hunters not being legitimate in the sport. It drives me absolutely bonkers, but we do talk a little bit about that. And we got to share some fun hunting stories from her and from her husband, Grant, from their hunts last fall. So tune in. This is going to be a good one. I hope that you love it. Here we go with another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. And as always, I'm super honored to have this guest on the show today. Somebody who I look for for inspiration, especially when it comes to waterfowling. But she's definitely paving her way and doing her own thing, enjoying her life and having a super good time. So help me introduce or welcome, I should say, Kara Harper to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. You bet, lady. I'm glad that we could uh, pinpoint a time to have you on and 
just learn a little bit more about who you are and what you're doing. And, you know, I know from just kind of going through and following you a little bit, just what you're about. And, you know, you've always seemed to have irons in the fire in multiple areas, which is something that's right up my alley. And, you know, I just I love watching women who are taking charge and who are really just living fun, fulfilled lives. And especially when that comes to the outdoors. So if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little insight to who you are and, you know, what gives you your drive in life and the things that you enjoy. Absolutely. Gosh, I don't even really know where to start. Um, I grew up hunting with my family. You know, my dad's a hunter. He took my brother hunting and my mom. She was never really a hunter herself, but she always encouraged my dad to take me and my brother. So, I mean, I've just been doing it ever since I can remember. And um, it's just kind of a way of life with my family. I just grew up in it like that. And I'm so thankful to have that foundation. Um, and I knew it was something that I wanted to continue doing. There was never really a question if I would not hunt later on. It was just always something I had such a passion for because I guess my dad kind of he just, he just inspired me so much. And, you know, I, I love to hunt, but there's also a lot of other facets to my life. You know, I love fitness. That's something my husband and I share together as well as hunting. And he's a physical therapist and he's got his undergrad in exercise science. So he's able to take it to a completely new level as far as fitness goes. And that's something that we're going to be kind of building on, um, kind of, we're both going to get our personal trainers licenses and it's, we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up we're always going and striving to do more we train dogs we run hunt tests and field trials um I mean there's just so much going on that we do and I guess our lives kind of evolve around the outdoors and I wouldn't have it any other way that's awesome it's such a it's just such a fun way to like fulfill all of the needs that you have right so the physical outlet of being outside and just be submerging yourself into nature and the sights and the opportunities and the experiences and there's just something about getting reconnected with what's outside our houses you know what's outside you know in the mountains and all of those things so it uh I definitely can relate with you there in that it is just a just a fun way of life um and I kind of I grew up with a dad who was very outdoorsy he was always inviting me to go hunting and so we share a very similar background there which I'm really finding that a lot of the women I connect with did come up, you know, with some sort of a hunting background or that was a family tradition or that's the way that they provided their meat. But, you know, I think it's more common today that there are a lot of female newcomers to hunting, you know, women that didn't grow up with, you know, that presence in their life. And it's, it's, it's such an honor, really, when you think about it, and I'm sure that you can, you know, relate to that, to have a dad that grew up, you know, or a mom, but to have the, a family member that grew up just really giving you the opportunities to learn and to dive into those areas. Yes, for sure. And I love to see women of any age and girls, you know, getting into hunting because growing up, I was the only girl the majority of the time. And it's just so great to see other women getting involved and the fathers that are taking their daughters or the boyfriends taking their girlfriends, you know, husbands taking their wives. It's, it's really incredible. And especially other women who are bringing up their daughters and, you know, just getting more people into the outdoors. Like that's what it's all about. It really is. And it's funny because I've had quite a few um, men text me or, or uh, message me, you know, or, or ask me in person. They're like, man, I have an amazing girlfriend or amazing wife. 
and I really want to get her involved in hunting, but I don't know where to start. And I think that's a really kind of a common um, hurdle that men face is like they want to get their women outside with them. They want to involve them in the hunt. But I think it's one of those really touchy areas. Like if you take a new person, man or woman, out into the field to go on a hunt and it's not comfortable or it's not a scenario that they can enjoy that that first impression is going to put a bad taste in their mouth for wanting to do more of it you know and so I think and I'd love to hear your perspective but my recommendation is always make sure the first experience is comfortable you know not not to push them too much into it but to get them comfortable like what do you think would be your advice in that scenario for getting somebody exposed you know to hunting as a first impression well, I kind of have a real-life situation. So my brother is dating a girl. Her name's Alex, and she loves nature. She loves to be outdoors. She loves to go hiking, but she's never hunted. She's never really been introduced to it or anything like that, and she was curious about it. She didn't really have the heart. Like, she doesn't want to carry a gun. She doesn't want to shoot anything, but she wants to go, and she wants to learn, and she's very open-minded to that. And so we took her duck hunting. It was actually on the last day of season this year, and the day before, I went out and I tried on like 10 different pairs of waders just to find her a pair that would keep her warm, keep her feet like it's it's so specific, but it can't be too tight on your foot or else it's going to freeze your feet, you know, mm-hmm. and it, she also had to be able to walk in it and walking in the mud and in the water and like for her to best be comfortable, you know, I, I laid out what camo she was going to wear. And my brother, of course, was, you know, kind of helping too, but he, he asked for my input. He was like, like, hey, we got to keep Alex warm. Like, what do you recommend? So we got our really warm pair of waders, you know, warm jacket, warm hat, gloves. I let her borrow my stuff and hand warmers. And she had so much fun. And it was a difficult hunt, but she was such a trooper. She stayed warm the whole time and she loved it and can't wait to go back next season. So I think definitely keeping them comfortable and having an overall positive experience is key for that first time hunter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And had she gone out there and you guys had not taken the time or the consideration to like make sure she was really set up and she had cold hands or her feet froze or she was otherwise uncomfortable, she probably wouldn't want to go back. You know, like that that really does make uh, a huge difference in, you know, exposing them to something that has great opportunities for them. It's, you know, great for conservation and for giving back and for, you know, understanding where, why all of those things, you know, why we have those opportunities, but there won't be any retention in that if the person who is doing it for the first time isn't happy with it or is uncomfortable. Because as we know, hunting can be super uncomfortable. It can suck big time. So... Um, okay. I have to ask you your, since you've been hunting for a long time, you know, with a wide variety of game and waterfowl and all kinds of stuff, if you could pick one hunt, one story that was your favorite, what would it be? And what was the experience? (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So it automatically makes me think of this past elk season. My husband and I were elk hunting for almost 30 days and we were living in a tent and we were around each other 24 seven and it was great at first. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
but I will admit, I got pretty tired of him, and he got pretty tired of me. We got on edge with each other. Um, we almost got divorced packing out his elk, and <laughs> it went from, like, the ultimate high. So, gosh, so we have been elk hunting in a couple different areas in Montana, just over-the-counter units, and... Um, we, after I had actually gone on the Beretta torture tour hunt for like three days. And so I flew back in and Grant had completely packed up camp and he was like, look, we're going somewhere else. And so we went to a completely new area and um, we were kind of refreshed because we'd had a little break for a while. And as soon as we got out there and set up camp, we went out that evening, just kind of scouting just to see, you know, if we could hear some bugles, we didn't really have time to get on a bull or anything, unless it was just going to happen real quick. Uh-huh. Um, we had heard four or five different bulls bugling down in the straw and we were just like oh my gosh that was the most we'd heard after almost three weeks of hunting because it was like day 18 at that point and um the next day we had a game plan and we kind of knew where these bulls were and kind of that they would be pushing up the draws. It got a little bit later and we were wanting to get on that north facing slope. And so we, we went a little bit public timber on these guys and there were some guys camped across from us that we thought were going to go after the same bulls. And so we got up way early. We had our headlights on and we like ran up and like flashed them. Like this is our spot. And it turns out <laughs> they were like on um, these side-by-sides and they were logging or something I don't know what the heck they were doing but they apparently weren't hunters but we beat them anyways <laughs> and they weren't even going to our area but we still have that like we got to beat these guys kind of mentality mm-hmm. so we're up there super early and uh, sure enough start hearing elk bugling getting pretty excited we just had a really good feeling that whole day that whole morning and um, we got on a bull first thing but he was still in his bed and he was just not really aggressive with his bugle it was just kind of a lazy bugle we're like okay well we messed with him a little bit but he just wasn't into it so we pushed deeper down into the draw and sure enough we heard another bull and he was bugling right back to us but every time he was getting further and further away so we kept ghosting him we kept pushing and pushing towards him grant was bugling and i was filming and we got to the point where we knew it was at the head of the draw and we knew that it was going to happen now if it was going to happen because they were either going to push over which it would have been very hard for them to push over the top but they were kind of at the back of it so you know there wasn't much further they could push right and um so we get set up I set up the camera which is on a monopod and I loop the strap around like a little cedar tree or spruce tree so it'll stand up and kind of hang upright and then I press record and I turn around and I run 60 yards behind Grant and I start cow calling with my diaphragm breaking branches stomping on everything I can I grabbed a big limb and I started raking trees and I am like out of breath dying and (laughs) this bull bugles back the nastiest deepest bugle ever and I just started shaking uncontrollably (laughs) it just oh my gosh like I I did that you know what I mean and he was coming and so Grant bugled so it sounded like Grant had taken one of his cows and he was pissed and so then he started coming towards us and he bugled again one more time and I just kind of kept calling and breaking branches and he was coming and I was not in a spot that I could see Grant so I didn't exactly know what was happening but I heard it when he shot I just heard you know a loud whack and I was just oh you know I was super excited but I didn't know if that was good you know I didn't know exactly what had happened 
and so I hear Grant kind of cow call a little bit like a distressed sound and then he's kind of like you know okay come here come here you know and I was like oh, okay and so I run down to him and I'm like did you get him and he's like I shot him I shot him I got him and it was just the like we're hugging and we're so excited like the ultimate high like we had worked so hard it was 19 days and we finally got it done and we look back at the footage and we were like oh it kind of looks like you hit a limb like and it was hard to see on the back of the screen and we got a little bit nervous about that and so then you have this feeling in your gut like oh no what if that wasn't a fatal shot you know what if something Mm -hmm. happened what if he did hit that limb and we got a little worried and so we sat there and we had an adrenaline dump and it started snowing so we got cold we were shaking we were like huddled up for like an hour and finally I was like look I just gotta go look and see if I can find your arrow or some blood like I'm not gonna go super far um and so I I'm just I can't just stand sit like I know it's good to sit there and wait but I was just like I just gotta something's telling me I just gotta go look and sure enough probably he shot the bullet 20 yards didn't find blood for another 15 yards or so and um, it was pretty good blood actually didn't find the arrow and we're kind of looking and we can see where this this trail goes side hill and and we're like okay well he must have gone down this trail like let's just sit and wait right here and I turn around and I look down and not 10 yards below us there laid his bull dead wow and I was just like, Grant, there's your bull right, right there. And he didn't see it. And he turns around. And I turn the camera on just in time. And I get his face when he first sees his bull. And he, like, puts his hand over his mouth. And he's so excited. We're both, like, squeaking. Like, just <laughs> pure joy. And um, we run down there to him. And it was a perfect heart shot. And um, we did notice that the arrow did deflect from, like, what would have been a double lung to, like, down to a perfect hard shot so it deflected a little bit but we're shooting a it's got 20 percent foc on our arrows so it was just so much of that front of center weight that it didn't deflect it a whole lot and it still was a complete pass through the fletchings just hung up a little bit on the other side and the whole arrow came through so it was it was incredible how it happened it was just meant to be and we Grant um, quartered him up and would lay out a shoulder or a ham, and I would debone the meat right there. And it took us two trips to pack out that elk, and I will admit some words were said that neither one of us are very proud of. Um, but it was as soon as we finally made it down the mountain and we were done, it was such an accomplished just this incredible feeling like yes we did this we made it through like we made up and apologized to each other and we laugh about it now but it was just so incredible to go through that with my husband my biggest supporter in life and that you know I was just so proud of him and like what we accomplished together and that's probably my favorite story altogether is that right there that's so awesome it's just it's hard to explain or for people to understand who haven't had an experience like that, like what that truly felt like and what it meant. You know, it's just like, you can't, you can't, you cannot replicate it. It's just one of those things that you have to experience. And a part of that piece of really being able to enjoy it is all of the crap that you eat along the way. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the 19 days before that, where you guys like tirelessly just went after it and, you know, I'm sure had blown attempts and, you know, that, the ultimate frustration. And then when you get that taste of success, it's just like, wow, 
You know, it just, this, that struggle really does lead to the more uh, satisfied enjoyment of the success. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100%. It can be really hard to spend, no matter how much you love someone, to spend that much time, like, uninterrupted together, like, doing everything, probably, but going to the bathroom together. It's like, <laughs> I need a break from you. Like, I love you, but, yes. you know... Five. Having like not having enough sleep, not getting quality rest, like you know your diet's different, you're tired, like all of this just compounds, and something that probably wouldn't have been that big of an issue, like if we'd have had enough sleep, it just like, completely escalated into this entire situation, mm-hmm. and um, it's hilarious now. Like I don't know if it sounds funny, but it's really funny now that we we can go back and like joke about it. It's probably one of our favorite stories to tell together. <laughs> like as backwards as that might be but um it was really almost a defining moment for our relationship like if we can make it through that we can make it through anything yeah for sure if you can survive the backcountry with somebody you can probably do anything in life with them <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's no joke so how long have you been hunting big game because i know you you live out uh in the midwest is that correct yes we're in arkansas that's where i'm from um, so my dad, he, he's a doer of all things. He was like a guide himself. Like we've never really done guided hunts or anything like that because my dad is just like the man. And he went out for two weeks every year elk hunting in Colorado. Um, he actually used to live out in the mountains for 13 weeks. It's kind of like where he found God and found himself when he was 27 years old. And it's before he met my mom or anything like that. And so, like, it's super special for him to, like, go out to the mountains every year. And I've just grown up, like, that's just a part of our life. Like, Dad always goes out elk hunting. And finally, when I was in the fifth grade, um, it was my time to go. And I got to go elk hunting with him and absolutely loved it. Like, I didn't even carry a bow or anything like that, but I just went with him and I watched him over his shoulder as he shot elk. And I was just like, this, this is incredible. Like, I, I just, I loved the scenery so much. I loved the adventure. I loved riding our mules and packing eight miles back into the backcountry and, you know, hunting public land and all of that. And so I just knew this was something I wanted to continue. Um, I wasn't able to go, I don't know if it was sports or what reason, but when for two years, in my eighth grade year, so I was 12 years old, I believe, I went with my dad again, and I carried my bow that time. And I actually almost got a shot in an elk, but I had upped my poundage to 45 pounds, and I had a bunch of clothes on, and I could not draw my bow back. Mm. And it was a little spike in, like, a raghorn, and they came out, and, like, I was going to shoot one, and I literally could not get my bow back. And then they kind of boogered because they saw me struggling, and it, it just didn't work out. I didn't even get a shot, but I did end up shooting some mountain grouse, and that was the first thing I actually ever shot with my bow, like an animal besides just shooting a target and practicing, and um, that was pretty fun. My dad and I were chasing these grouse through the through the woods and over logs and things like that, and I was shooting at them, and it was, it was pretty great. I ended up shooting three of them, and then we cooked them for dinner that night on the mountain, like so incredible, such good experiences. Um, I wasn't able to go in high school. And then in college, my senior year, ended up going an extra semester, 
And I told my teachers, like, syllabus day, the first day of class, I was like, look, I've had this trip planned for eight years. Like, I'm going to go elk hunting with my dad in Colorado, and this is really important to me. And I just want to tell you up front and see if I could, you know, do my work ahead of time or something like that. I only had Tuesday, Thursday classes, so it actually ended up my teachers were very supportive of me. And um, I was able to go, and it was pretty neat that time because – It was Grant and his dad and their buddy and my dad and me and my dad's buddy. And so we all, six of us, went elk hunting together. And that was a really cool experience, too. Um, None of us ended up shooting an elk, but it was just, it was really neat for me to have, like, my two favorite guys in my life there at the same time. And then I wasn't able to go last year because we were planning a wedding, and uh, Grant went, and he didn't shoot an elk, and it was a very slow off year, and I just didn't wasn't able to make it happen. And then, so that's why this year we went together, I guess this September, and um, we went off on our own, hunting some new areas, and we were able to make it happen with Grant's bull in Montana, and then my bull in New Mexico on the very last day of the hunt and like our very last day on that whole adventure together and it's just amazing how it like all came together on the last day and it was all just so worth it we both got our first bulls and I'm just I didn't even know it was possible for me to be more obsessed with elk hunting but (laughs) I I am (laughs) it just consumed me like Grant and I study our maps we listen to elk 101 like we do all kinds of prep throughout the year just for elk season and honestly this job in Nebraska if they aren't going to give Grant three weeks three weeks off to go elk hunting like he's not going to take the job and where he's going to continue to doing traveling physical therapy where he can make his own schedule yeah, that is like such how, a vital. How much it means to us. That it's such a vital piece. I was actually just talking to a couple of friends the other night over dinner, and he was looking at a new job. But one of the one of the situations was that he has four weeks now, and he'd be only going to one week. Like everything about the job would be better, but that vacation time is so pivotal for a hunter because mm-hmm. without that, like. If you don't work for yourself and you can schedule the time off or you work for somebody who will allow you to have those, you know, that that vacation time, it really is like make or break. And it's like a sick obsession, but it's there's just no way around it, you know? Yeah, it's just a way of life. Yeah. So how do you prepare, you know, from going from Arkansas to preparing for, you know, a big game hunt, an elk archery elk hunt in Colorado or Montana? Like, that's got to be such a a gear shift for you. What do you do to prep for that to make sure that you can go out there for 30 days and not kick the bucket? Absolutely. So Grant and I were actually talking about this the other day because we're starting our elk prep now Mm -hmm. and we're doing a lot of like eccentric loading and just really working on gaining strength for these next couple of months Mm -hmm. um, especially our core strength and because your core is just what everything comes from you know like you have to have that strength and stability in your core whenever you're carrying a pack you know you have to have strength in your hips and your back and just everything like we're going to try and just completely like gain strength like not even really worry about aesthetic stuff like we just want to get strong you have to be strong in the mountains and then we also do a lot of single leg training um to work on stability Mm -hmm. because you don't want to roll an ankle you don't want to you know just you want to prevent yourself from getting injured the best that you can and um so we have a lot of like special kind of training techniques that grant uses for that 
um, it's, it's really just, it's a process. We also, we don't focus on cardio as much as we do strength training. Like cardio is important, but at the same time, whenever you're hunting in places that are like with a super high elevation and the air is thinner, you can't train for that. And so you're going to have to be taking breaks anyways. Um, so that's kind of like our mindset about that. And we just, we just want to be as physically prepared as we can to be out there because we don't want our physical, you know, beings to limit us from what we could have accomplished if we'd been in better shape. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Nobody wants to have their physical limitations be what keeps them from filling a tag or what keeps them, you know, from being able to go out on day seven because you're so gassed from the first four days. And it, it is one of those things where I, I completely agree with you. If you have the strength and the stabilization and the balance and the core, you're going to be a lot more likely to go out there and do it without getting seriously hurt. And that's a huge component that people, people don't really look at, I'm doing this so that I can not suffer so much. And so that I make sure that I come out of there, that I'm safe, that my hunting partner is, you know, safe. He's not going to be responsible. She's not going to be responsible for packing my butt out of the backcountry because I wasn't ready for it. And so same thing with our clients and with ourselves, you know, working on those small stabilization movements, working on training your core, because it's, you can go out and you can move your body or you can lift weights. You can be really well-versed in the gym, but until you throw a little weight on your pack and you start moving around on uneven ground and trying to go over downfall it, you just can't replicate that in the way that's actually going to prepare you for that hunt. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people don't necessarily train in the gym. They go straight to putting a weighted pack on their back and just going for a hike. And that's actually something that can cause like really bad habits and bad posture. And you can injure yourself before you even get out there if you haven't built up the strength beforehand to be able to properly carry your pack with a loaded weight. Girl, you are speaking my language right now. I can't tell you how often I'll have somebody message me and they say, you know, I'm dealing with this injury. And I'm like, you, so people get this idea that, oh, I have this hunt coming up in four months and I want to get physically prepared or I'm going on a cruise or I'm getting married. And all of a sudden they, they go hundred percent in, which is great. That's, it's awesome to have something motivate you. But what people don't understand is there's a starting place. Like you don't just get up off the couch and you lace up your shoes and you train like you would be going the next week to this event or to this place. You know, there, there has to be an introduction to moving your body, to making sure that your body's ready for the load. It's ready for the work, you know, like there's so many different elements in it. And I think that's one of the biggest areas where people, they go too hard, too fast. And then all of a sudden for one, they lack the motivation because they've just way overexerted themselves you know, they're setting themselves up for some sort of an injury, whether that's down the road overuse or, you know, muscle pull, muscle strain, back issues, sciatica. I mean, the list goes on and on. So you just fueled my fire right there to say, <laughs> if you are not, you know, working through a, a well-planned training regimen right now, don't just listen to this podcast or be inspired something by something and go, all right, I'm going all in. Like, Find the baby steps that make sense for where you are at physically and with how much time you have to allow that training process. Yes, yes, yes. That might be the my squirrel for the day. Hopefully that's my only squirrel for the day. <laughs> but you are you're right on with that, like being smart about your training and making sure that you're not just like in love with this idea of throwing some weight in your pack. 
I, I'm a, I'm a fan of, you know, like rocks getting some weight in your pack and moving around, trying to mimic the same terrain that you're going to be in, mm-hmm. but there's definitely a starting place. So I, I, I really do suggest just, uh, you know, taking the experience as a personal one, instead of just saying like, Oh, so-and-so is doing these weighted hikes. This is what I need to do. Really take a good look at exactly where you are, where you want to go and what makes sense. And then kind of dive into that. So I'm really excited that you're, you know, with, with what Grant does and um, him traveling around, which is super cool. I can only imagine that gives you guys some fun travel time together at, at times too. But I want to hear if you can a little bit more about what you guys are going to do physically with the training side of things and, and where that vision is going for you. Sure. So we're both right now working on getting our NSCA personal trainers um, certification. And that is something that Grant actually could have done this back in college, but he had some um, advisor tell him that it wasn't necessary for him to have this certification. And now he's kind of like, well, he wishes he would have just gone ahead and gotten it. So we've really been on track trying to get this studying done. And it's more of a refresher for Grant, but then Grant can kind of help teach me mm-hmm. um, because my background is not necessarily in training or exercise science. I was more agriculture, business, public relations. I took, you know, anatomy classes, but still that's something that I do need a little bit more help with. And so he's been a great coach, you know, with me and a teacher and helping kind of bring me along. We actually started studying last summer and, um, kind of took a break <laughs> since then to about now. So during hunting season, we were really just didn't have time. And if we did have time, we were exhausted. Um, and so we're really amping up, going to like try and get that knocked out in the next couple of months and um, get those training certifications. And once we have those, we're going to start, I think we're going to start like a website or maybe some social media platforms that really focus on um, none of the bro science BS. Like Grant hates bro science. He is just like, that just irks all over him. And so ours is going to be like very in detail, like actually strength training and conditioning and like what Grant knows and like he sees all this BS on social media and he just like wants to set it straight and get it out there like this is what if you really want to gain strength or aesthetically whatever you're searching for like this is the way to get there and we want to start doing some personal training um, whether that's online or in person I'm sure we'll have some local people as well that will be training but I think we're going to call it, oh, he had this great name, and it has, I cannot think of it, pre, pre-hunt, pre no, pre, something pre, and it's it's like a, a physical therapy term to, or maybe not necessarily PT, but it's prehab. So you normally have rehab if you're injured, you go to rehab, but this is prehab, and maybe like prehab hunt or something like that, or maybe not even hunting, just prehab. And that's like what to do before, like to prevent injuries, to gain strength, to, you know, all of these other things. Like it's, we're really just kind of getting the basics figured out right now, but we're going to kind of like Grant would train the guys. I would train the girls and just kind of roll with it as a side hustle. And maybe it will turn into something more, maybe not, but we just want to help people get, you know, in the best shape that they can be. And to just be, I feel like when you're in shape, you're so much happier with your own life and you have so much more drive and ambition. And I just feel so much better when I'm working out as opposed to when I'm not working out. So we just want to make, help make people's lives better. 
and you, teach them to do it the correct way. <laughs> you are a power couple. I love the idea. The prehab thing is awesome. That is totally cool. And it makes so much sense because people are so reactive rather than being proactive and, yes. you know, creating success and creating a process. Uh, people wait until, you know, all all hell breaks loose and all of a sudden they're like, oh no, what do I do now? Or how do I fix this? Or how do I, you know, undo this damage? And so instead of being reactive, you guys are being proactive and, yes. you know, and, and opening the eyes to other people to be proactive in their health as well, which is really awesome. And back to the bro science thing, totally feel you on that. There's nothing <laughs> more frustrating than somebody who claims to be a health or fitness professional that doesn't that is not certified to be giving that information. Mm-hmm. And something that I find a lot is that we're, we live in an environment in a society that is so oversaturated with professionals okay. that it makes the person searching for help who needs that help, who needs to change their life, who has the desire to do so, like locked up. Like, where do I even look? Like everybody's a professional, but nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. So... Yeah being diligent and like you guys are doing, taking the time to really learn it, you know, and to create that, you know, understand the science behind it is so important. And I am really excited to see where your guys' journey goes and, and, uh, just really watch the evolution of what you guys do with this. Cause that's a, it's a huge, huge thing to be able to give back to other people to really help them be their best selves. I mean, like, you know, just like you just said, the more in shape you are, the more you're paying attention to your body and nurturing yourself, the better you feel in everything. Absolutely. So that's really awesome. And uh, you'll definitely have to keep me posted on how that goes. And um, super cool. I can't wait to see how that unfolds for you. And, you know, I think when you follow your heart and doing things that you're passionate about, especially when it's, you know, being a leader, or giving back to others, you never even understand all of the opportunities or the doors that will open because of those things. So good things will definitely come to you guys in that area. I am confident of that. Oh, well, thank you. That's really encouraging because it is intimidating stepping into the fitness world that is so overly saturated and there are accounts with millions of followers. Like, why would anybody even care to look at our stuff? But we're going to go ahead and try it and, you know, give it our best and just kind of see what happens. I'm a firm believer that if you are authentically being led to do something, you are doing the right thing by following that and pursuing it. Because I think a lot of times men and women are driven to follow their hearts into something, but they get locked up because of fear or self-doubt or sabotage or maybe not knowing where to start. And it's, it's, those people would probably be so great and they would touch other people's lives and they would help tremendously but being locked up and frozen by the unknown is, is hard to get past. And, um, you know, when you, when you follow that, that leadership, that guidance that you cannot deny anymore, same kind of thing, Kara, with this podcast, I've fought it for so long. I'm like, seriously, there are too many podcasts there. Nobody needs to listen to me talk. I don't even like to hear me talk. Right. (laughs) But everything Every time I turned around, I was being, hey, Courtney, you're not listening to me. You are being called to serve and to lead and to give back to other people. And it just got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm standing in my own way. 
You know, I'm creating these barriers. I'm creating these reasons why it's not a good idea when if all I ever do is help to inspire one person, I've done my job. You seriously just gave me chills. Like this is, we need to have the phone call like every week. This is so motivating <laughs> for me right now. <laughs> sign me up, Kara, sign me up. That sounds awesome. <laughs> but you know, but you know what I mean? Like, yes, we all have, this might sound super corny. We all have a divine purpose, whether that's to be a parent, whether that's to touch somebody else's lives, whether that's to invent something, whether that's to, uh, you know, whatever that is, we all have something that we were put on this earth to be a part of, to lead, to give our input into, and to leave a print on. And we need to learn to honor that, whether that's on a huge platform, whether that's in front of a million people, or whether that's, an, you know, to one that is important. And, um, you know, you guys stepping out and saying, yeah, the, the fitness market is already super saturated, which girl it is, it is, but they're not you. They're not you and grant. They're not serving your mission. They're not going to work with the people who you are led and called to work with. I'm just sitting here nodding my head. Like, yes, yes. (laughs) But I'm again, I'm very inspired and uh, encouraged and I can't wait to see how that journey turns out for you. And I guess I'll know every week because we'll get on this conversation and, and we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll have our therapy session, right? Yes. But um, something I have to ask you about, which I'm sure you've been asked this question quite a few times, being a female in the outdoors and, you know, working within the industry and what you do. You know, there's always some kind of a backlash or there are comments or there's opinions or ideas from outside people. For one, do you ever experience that kind of you're a chick and you hunt kind of thing or this this stereotype or, um, you know, concept of what you do and it not being authentic? And how do you process and deal with that to staying true to how you grew up and what you love doing? Very rarely do I have to deal with situations of people, you know, saying things like that to me or messaging me or anything like that, but it has happened, Um, and I guess it's difficult for me to take because I'm just like, how dare you question my authenticity? Like, I live and I breathe this, and I love it just as much as any guy. Like, I don't think gender makes a difference on how you can be a hunter. You know, it, it has nothing to do with your gender, and I just get so in fury. I, like, I probably shouldn't get so mad, but it really does, like, strike a chord with me if someone does question that. Um, and I that's why I am just very, like, if you see my social media, like, I am just as transparent as I can be. And putting, you know, the, the content that I feel like is inspirational and is motivating to people and that people can just see my true colors and who I am. Like, I'm not putting up this passage to, like, show that I'm the most badass female hunter. Like, that's not my goal. Like, I just love it, and I just want that to come across on my page. And hopefully, you know, that will inspire more people to get involved in the outdoors and to not let the stereotypes of, you know, people bashing women or saying they're just in it for attention, just not let that get to them. And if they truly love it to go out there and hunt right alongside the guys. Yeah. I think that's a great point. You know, like as long as you're staying true to, to yourself to right, not selling out, not doing things for specific reasons, I think, you know, it's really hard to question that. One thing that drives me crazy and I've heard a lot 
you know, obviously when I started hunting, there wasn't social media. We didn't, I mean, honestly, looking back at any of my hunts, we have maybe a couple pictures that we snapped that are all grainy that, you know, we're with the old camera. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, they're like on a hard drive somewhere that you don't even know where they're at. Yeah. Like you maybe on your phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was always in like hand-me-down camo from the army surplus mm-hmm. store that never really yeah. fit. And, um, you know, we didn't really care about like presenting things now because I'm passionate about sharing my experiences and my journey with other people you know, you, you end up going out on this limb to like, say, here's a piece of my life. I'm not telling you this is a piece of my life so that you can approve or disapprove. I'm only sharing what I like doing because that, that's what I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm, I want to encourage other people to be able to do the same things. Yes. But something that I've really noticed is there's this, this question of legitimacy. You know, I hear people all the same or hear people say all the time, you know, so-and-so, you know, pertaining to a female hunter is a legit hunter. Like who are we to now decide what somebody else's business is, is or is not relevant? Exactly. And like people are at different stages in their journey. Like, how are you going to say that this girl who just started hunting isn't legitimate? It, it doesn't matter if she's legitimate or not, if she's out there hunting because she loves it and she's not portraying that she's some know-it-all, you know, been doing it her whole life or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter what she's doing. Like, I hate how people will pass that judgment because they have no right to judge. Absolutely. It's so true. It's so true. But it's, and it's everywhere. And I guess it, I just take it personal when I see people bashing other women hunters because I am a hunter and no matter if I'm female or male or a kid or, you know, older, you know, later in my life, it doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm a hunter. What matters is that I care about being ethical and I care about exposing future generations, you know, and I, and I love the process of it. It doesn't matter my age or my sex. You know, I had a, we were hunting Idaho, uh, archery elk this year and I was standing around the camp uh, just, I don't even remember what I was doing. Just, just messing around. It was mid afternoon and I had this, uh, this man and this woman come into camp on a side by side and you know, it's great. We love to chat with new people. And, uh, he was kind of like looking around me, like, you know, where, where, where is everybody at? And he's like, so you, the, you, the head cook around here. And, oh. and it just, it made me chuckle because I have a personal experience of this because growing up being the only female in a large you know, camp with men and with their sons. Uh-huh. The very first time I pulled into a camp, somebody hollered, Oh good. You brought the camp cook and dishwasher. And it was something that it took me a while to feel like I didn't have to prove myself there, but it, it instantly took me back to that moment. And so I kind of had this little yeah. chuckle with myself and I, and I made him re say, I said, am I the, am, I'm sorry, am I the what? And he said, you must be the head chef. And I said, no, actually, we all know how to cook. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I'm here. I'm here hunting with the with the crew or whatever. And, you know, he didn't mean anything bad by it. But, you know, as being an old somebody from an older generation, like it's just not, I guess, quote unquote, normal to see women out there doing the same thing as the guys, which is kind of funny to think about, because I'm like, think about how advanced our society is. But we still But at the same time, like we have all these equal rights and we have all these equal things going on. But to see a woman out there hunting and getting after it, it like truly offends people. Yeah. 
and I'll have people that will look me up and down and be like, you're a hunter? Like, you don't look like a hunter. And I'm just like, just because I'm a girl, that like, that means I don't look like a hunter? And they just don't, and it's not like they're trying to be rude. Like, it, it honestly, like, people just say that just because that's how they feel. Like, they don't, they don't have, they've got a stereotype in their mind of what they think a hunter is. And, I mean, recently that stereotype has just been shattered, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, in the past, I don't know, five or ten years, I feel like it has completely changed. Oh, yeah, it definitely has. I mean, if you look at just, you know, how many more women are getting into the sport, like hunting in itself is not a growing industry. You know, if anything, it, it it's declining. But if you yeah. look at the, the female portion of the hunting community, it's growing like crazy. Yeah. Kids and youth it's, or kids and, and women, it's growing out of control. That's the only demographic that's growing. Yeah. And that, I mean, that says a lot, like... It's so refreshing to see women diving in and just going, you know, and not all these women have had the mentorship of their father or, you know, a family member or a boyfriend or a husband to take them out there. There are women that are just going, hey, I want to do this. I think that is so awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And, you know, with that growth, there's obviously a lot of cool programs that are coming out and, and really being, a, you know, a leadership area for women to just like educate themselves and to, you know, learn more about hunting. I hunted only mule deer my entire life until the last four years when I, you know, started diving into bear hunting and doing some predator hunting and hunting elk. And so there's areas for me, even being a hunter for so long that I'm just like, you know, just really jumping into and going, what can I learn? Like, I, I want to, I want to learn how to call all my own elk. I want to learn how to scout from, you know, using Onyx maps. I want to learn how to use terrain features to my advantage. And that's one thing that I really do love about hunting. And I've said it on a podcast before, but it's like one of the, the areas that you'll, you'll never be an expert. You can be really good at it. You can be very successful as a hunter, but every single year you learn something else. You go through a new scenario. You have a new struggle. You, I mean, nature doesn't like, it's not like, Oh, Hey, you're doing things right. I'm going to cooperate with you. There's, Mm -hmm. there's just always that place where didn't work out this time. And now I just learned something new. So, um, I think, Every single person who's taken to the field and been out there and just really, you know, submerged themselves can have, you know, that experience. You don't have to have done it for your entire life. You don't have to have the leadership of somebody else. You can go out there and really gain the knowledge firsthand. Absolutely. And some of the best ways to learn is by screwing up or doing it wrong. Like, that's honestly where I learn the most. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and as painful as that is sometimes, it, it logs into your memory and you put that, you know, back there and you, you then recall these things whenever you're put in the situation again. So it's it's definitely something you can always learn from. You can always grow with hunting. You're, like, you're never going to top out like what you were saying. Yeah. Okay, so if you had a lady come to you today and say, I've never hunted in my life, I don't really have anybody that can really take me out, or I don't know where to look, what would be your biggest pieces of advice for allowing them to have good resources and, you know, a good starting place for them to get into hunting? 
Sure. So there's programs. I used to work for the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, and we have a program called Becoming an Outdoor Woman. It's W-O-N. And they have, you know, archery workshops and cooking workshops like Cooking Wild Game and hunting, hanging tree stands, you know, all kinds of different things that it's a whole community of women that want to get involved and want to be taught by not necessarily a man, but another woman. And so I'm sure each state kind of has their own variation of that, or there are also groups, um, you know, like NWTF or Ducks Unlimited and um, different, um, like Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, things like that, that they do have like women specific groups or clubs and you can go and converse with other women and, you know, find that outlet, find that mentor. I think it's really important for someone to have a mentor. And, you know, I've taken young girls out hunting and I still, you know, talk with them to this day. And it's such a great and unique type of relationship to have with someone. And um, there, there's a ample opportunity, I believe, to get involved with the, in the outdoors for a woman at any age. Those are great recommendations and having those programs and those organizations in place is such a blessing. I'm definitely going to connect with you and I will link to that, um, you know, specifically for Arkansas in the show notes, but I'll also put some other resources in there um, where ladies can really just dive in and know that they're going to get good information. They're going to be, you know, well-received and welcome to the group and, uh, you know, able to start their, their journey into the outdoors, I guess. Yes, thank you. Cool. Thank you for asking that. Yeah, I could sit here and talk to you for the rest of the day. In fact, I keep <laughs> wondering if I could cancel everything else I have on the calendar for today so we could continue to chat. I really wanted to dive into your duck hunting and, and all of that stuff, but I think I'm going to have to have you on for a second episode here before too long. Yes, count me in. Cool. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to dive in with me and just to go over these topics and just to talk about life and and uh, share your stories. I'm going to have to uh, reach out to Grant and uh, get his version on the elk hunt. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations. It sounds like you guys had a heck of a year. Getting those first down is super fun. I can't wait. I've never got an elk, so I'm really excited, and I'm hoping that this year is my year. Yes. Yes, you are... I am just so excited for you. You're going to have, we're going to stay in touch and talk about this. Like I, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Will do. Absolutely. Thanks again, Kara. Um, for yes. those who want to dive in and chat with you, where can they find you online? Sure. So probably the best way is social media. Um, whether that's Instagram, I'm probably the most active on there. I check my DMs. I check my request messages and everything. Um, so if you want to reach out to me, sure enough, reach out on Instagram. I have a website, um, www.karaharperoutdoors.com. Um, you know, you can check out some of my blogs there. And sure, leave me a message. I would love to hear people's feedback. Um, Facebook, I don't really do good at answering direct messages, so don't really worry about Facebook, but you can sure enough follow me there. Um, and I don't do a whole lot on Twitter. So really, Instagram is where it's at. Sounds awesome. Well, I'm sure some ladies will be reaching out to chat with you and to uh, get some more resources for how they can get more involved in the outdoors. So thank you again for taking the time to get on the show and share a little bit about your life with us. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I just feel so inspired and just ready to seize the day after this. So thank you for just really just making my day, honestly. You bet. My pleasure.
All right, well, as we wrap up the show for today, I want to be sure to let you know to head over, check out the full show notes. You can either do that here uh, where you're listening, or you can head over to nutritionrealign.com and full episodes with full show notes are available there. We do have some really great resources for new ladies getting into the sport of hunting, uh, into archery, and trying to find some more resources for getting out and taking action. So be sure to head over, see the show notes, and dive in. Well, ladies, that does it for this show for today. I hope that you found some inspiration some good advice, and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week. I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration, and some tips on how to navigate your best life. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have, any topics or ideas, and your feedback. You are so valuable to me, and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.